Good morning. You may be seated for like five seconds. <laughs> How many of has anybody told you that it's Mother's Day? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's been mentioned. Uh, if we can get this up here, we get a so we can get the, uh, the scriptures read. You know, normally on Mother's Day, uh, the verse will the text will come from. Um, proverbs about a virtuous woman, and uh, and that's and that's a fabulous text, and it's and it's fabulous. It's, it's a good text for for Mother's Day. But you know what? Not every mother uh, is virtuous. Okay, that went over. Uh, <laughs> though uh, almost are, and you know what? They're still your mother. Would you stand with me? Let's read uh, three passages of Scripture. Paul writes to Timothy and he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Did anybody have a believing grandmother or a believing mother? And yeah, maybe pass something on to you and then familiar passage from Exodus, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And then over in uh, Ephesians, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And Father, I thank you that all of your promises are yes and amen and that they are life to those who find them. And I pray, Father, that, that we would find them today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I grew up in a, uh, uh, a situation where on Mother's Day we would give out uh, prizes. We, we, we would do a prize for the oldest mother and a prize for the youngest mother and a prize for the mother who had the most children, assuming that she was able to make it to the front to accept her prize. Uh, that was a different era, though, and... Uh, <clears throat> You know, today we might we might have a we might have a problem on our hands if we tried to recognize the oldest mother uh, in the room because some of them aren't too aren't too keen on that. But uh, but honor, yeah, it's a good day to honor. It, it, we should always in my life the last the first twenty years that I was back here at Smyrna uh, were such a blessing. Because I got to honor my parents. They, they were still in the church. It was such a blessing in a way that, uh, that really I neglected to do for the first 50 or so years of my life, 40 or so years of my life. Uh, but there's a blessing that comes with honoring, and it's the right thing to do. And I'm going to ask some guys to, uh, to come and share about their moms today. And hopefully we're going to, uh, uh, well... Yeah, it, it's going to be good. Would you welcome Justin Bashirs? Good morning. I am here to share about my mom. Yeah, she's already crying. Somebody get this box of tissues to that woman. Somebody get these tissues to that woman. I was born on a Friday morning at 6.05 a.m., in the summer of June, 1983. 
And one week later, I was in church because she knew that she that, that was the only way that she was going to survive with a with a Bashir's boy was if she took him to church. Um, I remember at a young age, my mom advising my dad not to get us ducks and chickens for Easter one year, and I've got a little picture of me choking the life out of these two ducks with my. Sh- with my shirt all the way unbuttoned, and she and every time I look at that picture, she said, "I told you, Daddy, not to get those ducks." <laughs> right? Um, my mom was a, a rock star. She um, she would wake us up on Saturday morning, and be like, "Get up, we're gonna clean," and I'm like, "I want to watch X Men. I don't want to clean on a Saturday." But she taught me to love. Ario Speedwagon and 38 Special because she would put on records and we would we'd be cleaning and she'd stop and we'd be singing heart and she'd be like, what about love? Don't you want someone to care about you? And I'd be like, don't let it slip away. All time favorite band is heart because of my mom. All time, right? You, you hate it or love it, but I love heart because of my mom, right? And also the album covers are cool. I was like, look at who are these chicks with guitars and super long hair. And I didn't know if the guys were the girls either because of the hair. <laughs> Thank you, mom. My mom taught me how to cook. She was an excellent example. Growing up, I remember my mom would cook and then clean like five days a week. And I swear growing up, I was like, I cannot wait till I grow up and marry a woman just like my mom who cooks and cleans just like this. And one night after I'd been married for a couple of years and I was doing the dishes after a meal that I had cooked for the third night in a row, I swear, I realized I had become the woman that I had always wanted to marry because of my mom. Thank you. Thank you. Which was an answer to my wife's prayers. Please, God, send me somebody who can cook, right? Please, I don't know what I'm going to do, right? So that was, that was because of my mom. I swear, she was, she was, you're a rock star, mom. My mom, uh, God, I think, I think one of the most incredible things is that I've got, I got to watch your spiritual journey. You know, a lot of, a lot of parents, um, a lot of kids get to grow up and their parents got it all together spiritually, you know, and their parents pour into them biblical wisdom, you know, and we didn't have that. We, we got to grow as a family spiritually. You know, I got to watch my mom and dad figure it out. I got to watch my parents get saved. I got to watch my mom call me and say, son, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I mean, not every kid gets that. In my 20s, I'd become a daily drug user. And my life was spiraling out of control. I'm sorry. I wasn't crying in the uh, first service like this. But, but my mom wasn't in here in the first service. Uh, and I got to say this in front of her. But, uh, oh God, my life, was, my life was spiraling out of control. And uh, I had a, uh, the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office was looking for me for like two and a half years. Um, for, it wasn't crazy or nothing. It was just I was in trouble. And, um, I mean, just so you know, it's, you know, I mean, what did he do? Uh, but uh, they had been looking for me for a while, and my mom was watching my life spiral out of control, and she had been praying for me, and she had been coming to this church, and she had elders and pastors and said, please pray for my son. 
And it got to the point where I was killing myself, literally. And uh, she went to work one morning and she prayed a prayer. And she said, uh, God, I would rather you take him home than to watch him die like this. And within two hours, I was in police custody. And that prayer, that tenacious prayer of a mom to say, God, I give him to you. I didn't know what it meant then, but I look back now and I know that that was a turning point in my life. And my mom has always been faithful to be there. And I know it's because of my mom that the whole direction of my life changed. Because from then, I, I, um, I got cleaned up. I got into a program. The program didn't clean me up, but it got me still long enough for God to do some work in me, right? I remember what I said about taking me to church week one. I you had to get me still long enough, and it was because of my mom. She never gave up. Moms never give up. My mom was tenacious in her prayers, and she still is to this day. She's watching me chase my dreams, and she never gives up on me. She says, I believe in you, son. You taught me to love rock music and hate cleaning. Uh, you taught me how to cook, you know, you, uh, which my wife and kids are blessed by that. Um, you taught me that um, to not compare myself to other people, but to compare myself to the call that God has on my life. Believe it or not, Mom, you taught me how to be a man because you never gave up on me. You never let me win at board games, and I was so mad at you. I hated you for that. But um, it, made, it made me better. It made me stronger. It made me to uh, not let my kids win at uh, board games. And uh, so they hate me now because I dunk on them at basketball. But, um, no, Mom, I, uh, I love you. And uh, I appreciate your, um, your never giving up on me, even when it was hard. And um, you inspire me, and I love you. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Come on. Right this time. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, he, he spoke in the first service. We swore everyone to secrecy, and they didn't leak, did they? Yeah. Good people here. Speaking of secrecy. Uh, boy, I hope this one really works out good. I want the inside scoop. Uh, Matt Laughlin, would you, uh, come on up here and, uh, would you, would you, would you welcome Barbie's son? (laughs) I haven't even said anything and she's already crying. This is great. So, uh. I grew up in this church. Like we started coming here in like 92, 93. I used to run the hallways and get in trouble. That was good. But uh, what was it, two months ago? Yeah, Pastor Ronnie, I was having a conversation. I'm going through this ministerial thing here that you guys have that's awesome. The spirit in this church is amazing. Like I was almost crying over there, and I'm not a crier, so this is pretty good. I hope I can hold it together today. But uh, Pastor Ronnie, about two months ago, I was having a phone call with him, and he said, Hey, what are you doing for Mother's Day? I didn't see the trap opening at that point in time. <laughs> but he goes, uh, I was like, I don't know, why, what's going on? And he said, well, I want to have some guys up or some people up to speak about what their mom means to them. And I, I'd be lying to if I told you I jumped at that. Um, I said, let me think about it. 
and then I was stressed out for like the next two weeks until our next phone call. Uh, I called I called him back, and I was like, so I'm really nervous about it. And he said, uh, Matt, you can't mess it up. I was like, okay, cool. That's comforting. And uh, he then said, have fun with it. And I was like, okay, that's more pressure. And so, But I, I ended up saying, yeah, I'll do it. And I can't remember if it was in that conversation or another one that you said, Matt, you can say a lot in 10 minutes. You can say nothing in an hour. And so I started taking this really seriously, and I started thinking, you can ask my beautiful, loving wife, Rachel, who encourages me on the daily and pushes me and um, has made me a father and uh, challenged me and how intellectual and beautiful you are. I love you more and more each day. Thank you. High five. All right. Um, I was thinking through what I could tell about her because Pastor Ronnie said, hey, come and talk about what your mom means to you. And so I started thinking through my childhood. And at one point I came up with this acronym. I was like, okay, I could do like three bullet points. And you guys would all remember it because I was going to use the word mom. And I was like, magnificent oranges mom. And I threw that away. (laughs) Honestly, I wrote it down. I was like, yeah, this is not going to work. Um, (laughs) So I I started thinking about my childhood and all these memories that were coming back about times I spent with you and things that what I'm going through now as a father. My daughter's two years old. My, My son, Hunter is three and a half months old, and so I'm just now learning a lot of the things and the wisdom that you and Dad spoke into me. I'm just now learning them, and they're clicking. And so I had all these memories, and I had literally written uh, pages, like um, multiple times of like, hey, here's some of the stories I wanted to reflect. But how, how often, like, you know when something's not sitting right in your stomach, like something's just not put together? Um, well, Pastor Ronnie gave me a month and a half to let that sit in my stomach and trying to connect all these dots together. And I'm, I'm internally very analytical. Um, I, I, I overthink a lot of things. And so that was kind of the situation. But honestly, it was God revealing something in me about my mom that I hadn't connected the dots yet with. And so let me see real quick. Um, side note. I know Pastor Ronnie and my mom and others, Kevin, every year they tell you guys to read your Bible on New Year's. It's a thing. You can expect it. And uh, I've been doing it, no joke, I started doing it probably about two years ago, a little bit before I started the ministerial program. And uh, I'd always read it growing up. I mean, I grew up in this church. I was hearing it Sunday twice, every Wednesday at Royal Rangers and at the Pow and all that kind of stuff growing up. And um, then Pastor Ronnie gave me a quiz, and I made like a 50 out of 100, like it's not even 50 out of 55, it was like terrible, and uh, you remember that, I talked to him, you don't, okay, my wife, yeah, my wife made like an 85 on it, and she was homeschooled, so that tells you something, Um, I love you, baby, so uh, seriously though, I've been reading it, and uh, as I started praying about this, which I probably should have started this whole thing by praying about it, um, he started showing me some dot, uh, connecting the dots, so I started looking at Jesus' relationship with his mama, his biological mother. And so in Luke 2.43, uh, this is back when Jesus was a little kid. It says, After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. His mom and them had left. Uh, thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. Honestly, I mean, my mom never forgot me at Walmart. 
But I kind of connected the dots. Like a typical mom, sometimes you kind of misplace one of your kids when they're all running around, especially in big cities like Jerusalem. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Typical mother-son-daughter relationship. Well, then when Jesus was like 30, um, in John 2, 3 through 5, when the wine was gone, see, they were at a party and they were at a wedding. And his mother uh, came up to him and said, they have no more wine. She didn't ask him to do anything. This is NIV. Um, They have no more wine. And Jesus' response is so funny. He says, woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother straight up ignores him, doesn't even respond to that, and says, do whatever he tells you to these people standing beside him. I was like, oh, that's very interesting. You see the relationship between Jesus and his biological mom. I was like, okay, that's cool. And it got me thinking about... Pastor Ronnie didn't ask me what you meant to me. He asked you what you mean to me. And I think there's a difference there because what you meant to me when I grew up is you were a caregiver, a nurturer. It was life and death. You fed me, you raised me, and you challenged me, and you pushed me to do things. I can remember one time, I don't know why y'all let me do this, but I went and tried out for the basketball team at Smyrna Middle. I didn't make it past round one. I couldn't jump. I couldn't shoot. I can remember sitting in the car leaving. I was just over there crying, and my mom didn't say anything, but I was comforted because of her presence. And so that's what you meant to me, but then this knot that's been sticking in my stomach, he revealed something else to me as I was reading, and it happened to be that I was reading through some of the New Testament stuff here recently, and um, he, something, I, I read through this, and then like the, a couple light bulbs went off in my mind. He said, then Jesus' mother, Jesus was amongst some people teaching them, and he said, then Jesus' mother, this is Mark 3, 31 through 35, um, Then uh, Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to him, Jesus. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. Jesus said, Who are my my mother and my brothers? Then he looked at all those people sitting around him. He said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. And see, the light bulb that went off for me there is that mom... You've transitioned from just being my biological mother to my spiritual mother. And that was heavy. Because if I was just to get up here in like, the last couple of years, last two years or so, a lot of our conversations have shifted from, like, help me with this, to, hey, what are your thoughts on this? Christianity, theology, church, all sorts of things. And you've never shut anything down. You've welcomed it all with open arms. And then the Lord, I think what else was chewing on me early on, Rachel and I were talking, and uh, I felt real heavy on my heart that Mother's Day can be really hard for a lot of people. And God's funny. I think God knows my mom. I, mean, I think he knows all of us, but like my mom specifically, he's got a humor about him. He goes, uh, my mom's very selfless. See, my mom was probably a, a, a woman minister before it was cool to be a woman minister. She's written books and albums, and she's got up here and talked multiple times. You guys all know that. And uh, he showed me, he's like, you're not selfless at all. An analogy that came to mind is she could go, like on Saturday, say, she could go to Chick-fil-A, go get like a sweet tea with light ice, because you got to get light ice so you get more sweet tea. And a chicken biscuit and like tater tots, that's the breakfast of choice. And so she could be at her, she'd take it back to her house, and I could show up randomly. And without a doubt, every single time, she'd be like, here, you want it. She'd give it up. Uh, She'll drive two and a half hours to visit my family in Knoxville just to hang out for a couple of hours hang out with the babies and that kind of stuff, and then drive back. She's very selfless. And so the Lord showed me, he said, if you, it was basically like, if you get up there and just talk about her, it won't be a complete picture and it won't speak to her in the same way as if 
this other light bulb that came off. So when we were talking about Jesus standing amongst his friends and saying, my mothers and my brothers and sisters, he laid on my heart that like many people have a very difficult time with Mother's Day. Rachel and I have been married almost eight years, and we've been blessed with two children, but we have many friends who you know, struggle having kids, or you know, they miscarry, or they've... Um, one of our friends this past week split up, her and her husband split up, and so this is her first Mother's Day as single. And, uh, you know, some people might have bad relationships with their parents. And what the Lord showed me in this was uh, there was a time when we're supposed to do what Jesus did where he stayed with and loved on his spiritual family above that of his biological family, and that some of you today need to embrace your spiritual family in this church. See, I grew up, like I said earlier, in 92, running through these hallways, and as I thought back, I can think of a ton of women in this church who were spiritual mothers to me. Um, I mean, back in the day, is you know, Christine Lockett, Lisa Asbury, you got Miss Jeannie, Miss Margaret's always been there. Um, and as I grew up, different people spoke into our family's uh, lives. You, Melanie Galeone, Don Montgomery, um, Mama Sue, wherever she's at. Uh, and so as I go down to give my mom a hug, I want to leave you guys with that thought. And can you guys do something with me real quick? Can you guys stand up? Thank you, thank you. As I go down to give my mom a hug and all that, can we take a minute and get out of our comfort zone a little bit, give your, your mom a hug or another member of your spiritual family a hug? Thank you, guys. Good Good job. Okay, that's got to be Barbie's son because let's do something different. (laughs) Okay, uh, would you welcome our worship pastor, Will Severe? That wasn't much of a welcome. I... Oh, you're good. This is my mother, Melinda, and she's beautiful, and she's back here. Mom, wave to everybody. Uh, she'll be the first one to talk to you if you if you're welcoming to that. Uh, she is an amazing lady, and I want to talk to you about her. You know, there's something. Very unique and special. Uh, it's a bond between a son uh, and a mother, and uh, it's important and it's special. And I have, I have uh, actually four amazing mothers in my life. Uh, uh, Mimi, who's amazing and lovely and uh, wonderful to the grandchildren, and Nana, who's just uh, just a special uh, woman in our lives. Tisha's mother and. And, and also my grandmother, who's, who's 92, she'll be 93 later this year, and she's still just an amazing woman and, uh, and lovely. And, uh, but this time uh, is about my biological mother. Um, I see that bond also with my son, that bond between a, a son and, and mothers, uh, because I spend a lot of time with my boys, if you know me. And every time, it doesn't matter how much I spoil them, doesn't matter what I do, if they scrape their knee, they're crying for mama. And their mama is um, (laughs) the most beautiful woman, the most beautiful person that I know, and I love you. Hmm? Yeah, this is hard. Okay, so... um, 
you know, in my childhood, it was very different than, than the way we, uh, we are parenting our boys when, uh, you know, unless there was a bone sticking out of our skin, you know, when you got a scrape, my mother and father would say, rub it, you know, walk it off, wear it, get tough, you know, you'll be all right. My mother's a number of things. She's joyful. She's loving. She's outgoing. She's loud. She's loud. That's where I get it. I can't help it. It's just one of those things. Uh, one of her former tennis players once said that my mother would talk to and make friends with the tree stump if that's all that was available. And there's dad. He's a cool guy. He's back here too, but today's not him. Okay. Uh, my mom loves to do things, especially play tennis. And dad calls her Melinda Go. He'd rather read a book. She'd rather be playing tennis. And you can always tell when my parents have arrived in the room, and all my siblings will uh, attest, uh, the noise you hear is from my mother, and uh, the noise you don't hear is from my dad. <laughs> but uh, today's about mom and uh, the mother that she is to me, to our siblings, and uh, the in-laws, and the hundreds of other people that you've mothered over the years. Um, you may not know this. I, I, have, uh, I have the special moment here. I get to honor a person that you guys really don't know because she's not a part of this church. And uh, this, is, this is fun for me. So I'm going to be giving you some context as opposed to you guys already have some context on the other mothers that have been honored. Uh, my mom was a gifted athlete and she's been a lifelong coach. Um, she is a national champion USTA tennis player. She and my youngest brother, Charlie, won the Mother-Son National Tournament just a few years ago. She's a ruthless competitor. And uh, right now, she's still recovering from surgery. She has three more to go. She has one hip done. The knee's next in June. Later this year, the next hip. And then early in next year, be the next knee. So she is uh, in recovery right now. Uh, so she can't really compete with her USTA tennis team. And that did not stop her from traveling with her team and coaching them while she was there. And uh, this is just one of the many travel teams she's been a part of. This, I think, is the Pulaski team. Uh, and I apologize for any of the pixelated pictures. Some of them look great, and some of them are a little, uh, oh, well. Uh, <clears throat> she was a four-year standout basketball player at what was then known as Memphis State University. We now know it as the University of Memphis. In her days at Memphis, uh, the female athletes were not just second-class athletes. They were an afterthought of the university. And I've never heard her complain about it. While she was there, uh, the men's team was getting to the national final and losing to one of the great John Wooden uh, basketball teams. And the ladies' team was hidden away in separate gyms, not allowed to practice or play in any of the same places. Um, I'm glad it's different now, although, you know, we still have a long ways to go treating females the way they should be treated. They finally recognized the female athletes uh, a little while ago for, uh, by giving them letters just a, a few years ago, actually 15 or so years ago. And for the millennials in the room, keep your phones in your pocket. You can look up what a letter is after the service. Uh, Mom uh, became a coach and took to it like a catfish to, on the Nashville ice. Too soon? Too soon, sorry. I digress. Uh, in my household, it was more important to hold your fork right uh, it was more important to hit a forehand and a backhand just right in the right form than to hold your fork. And so my, uh, <clears throat> my table manners are terrible. I'm sorry, Tisha. Uh, 
mom would say, do your homework, go out and shoot free throws. Or uh, uh, do your homework, go out and practice your serve, you know. Always encouraging us to be active. Uh, I've seen the love of my mother from my earliest memories and how she raised such a scattered, contentious, pretentious, irresponsible human being into a man who is a decent father and can hold down a job the world could never understand. (laughs) And that's just my brother, Charlie. My mom was a player's coach. Of course, that was about me. Okay. Uh, I have five siblings who are alive and living and one who, one sister who's in heaven. In order, Penny, the smart one, Claire, the athlete, Annie, who's with Jesus, uh, Sarah, who is the voice of reason without the tact. Uh, for those of you who are just getting to know Sarah, you will really enjoy getting to know her unmitigated tongue. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, <laughs> As you know, Sarah is a part of this. You may not know, but the, one of the singers, uh, not this morning, but most weeks, uh, every other week, uh, Sarah sings uh, with us, sings alto, and uh, she's lovely. But uh, <clears throat> Tisha says she lost her filter when she had babies. Uh, I'm on time, so I've got to move quick. John is the humorist in, in every sense of the word. He's a wonderful guy. And Charlie, the police officer. Now, it, it's our faith in God that ties us together. And we get that from our parents. It's, um, we were each given the gospel message by example. Uh, my other siblings are a little bit distant. They're more distant. Over the years in coaching collegiate tennis for 20 years, my mom would always invite the players, especially the foreign-born players, over to the home because they didn't have another place to go for the holidays. And uh, we'd have family get-togethers, and we'd have you know, people from Colombia, Brazil, uh, Australia, uh, Germany, India, China, Japan, just to name a few. It just... It goes on and on. Uh, It was really cool. Uh, Sarah says, mom takes in young people like a cat lady takes in kittens. And this is our our other brother, our Brazilian brother, Chico. And he's a a wonderful man and a good father. And uh, a lot of that is thanks to his American mother and coach. He he now says English is his third language, and he says he thinks in English now, which is pretty cool. Um. Two things about my parents. One, how different and contrasted they are, and yet how beautifully compatible. Isn't it amazing how the Lord works that out? And how consistent that they were in being grounded in Scripture and in prayer. My parents, like all of us, they're uh, they're flawed. They've missed it at times, and and they make mistakes like all of us do. And their need for an open dependence upon a Savior, it has changed the lives of numerous people. There's so many sayings that my mother has said to me over the years that I I can't help but think about and remember. Fair isn't always equal. Many hands make light work. First serve in. If I see you again before it's morning, it would be too soon. (laughs) Anybody else a night owl? Anyway, my mother would, she's a morning person and she would just be looking. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. It, uh, hearing the Scripture makes a difference. <clears throat> There's hundreds of people across the world. I already said that. Uh, you've probably heard me tell about how my mother prayed. Uh, she passed this church just driving down the road, and, uh, and she prayed, and, and she told me because she tells uh, pretty much what she can tell. She loves to talk. Um, but, uh, and she told me she had prayed that we were coming here and I kind of told her she was crazy. 
I, I, I'm sure I did. I, I tell her that a lot. And then many times, many times that comes back to bite me, like in this case. And um, my favorite story uh, about my mother um, is the story of my brother John. And, and John's here. And I love my brother John. and He's an amazing man. And uh, you need context for this. So I'm going to go through it. I'm going to be as quick as I can. My younger brother, John, was born with some uh, problems in his brain, and the doctors uh, said that there, there weren't connections being made from one side of the brain to the other, and the doctors weren't, didn't give any hope, really. They were like, ah, well, this is Vanderbilt. We didn't, it wasn't, you know, the guy on the side of the road. But they said, you know, it's, you know, it's not, things aren't, things aren't going to work right for him. And so they prayed. They asked the church to lay hands on him and prayed, and he got better. They tested him again, and things are, things are looking pretty good. There's connections being made. Wow, this is great. Uh, and then John was diagnosed with epilepsy later, and he would have, he would have seizures. And, and the, the medicine, the medicine uh, was, was difficult on him. Um, it caused a physical, a physical delay, uh, some learning disability, as well, and some physical delay with this medication, and it was frustrating. And um, I'll never forget that John was about 12 years old. I don't know how old you were, John, but uh, he told mom that, you know, he, be- you know, he believes he's, uh, he's been healed, that God's healed him, and he's not going to take the medication anymore. And my mother had the faith to believe him and say, praise the Lord. Okay, all right, we'll see. Right? We'll see. From what I know, my brother John hasn't had a, a seizure since. Is that correct? Praise the Lord. Uh, now, now, keep in mind that healing from the Lord comes in many different forms and fashions. And, uh, and sometimes people get miraculously physically healed, and sometimes they don't. And it's a spiritual healing. Uh, but this is how it happened in our family. And we say it happened that way because that's our testimony. Uh, Revelations 11, it says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And so that's the testimony of our family. And that's also the context of, of John's story. Um, <clears throat> As a youth who had seemingly so many strikes against him, the learning disabilities, the physical problems because of the medication, and, and all of those issues that were related to dyslexia and the medication, in his words, mom invested and sacrificed her time when it came to my learning disabilities and issues as a child, and mom knew what I needed, and homeschooled me for one year, and did the research and drove to Nashville for learning and eye therapy, and that was a hard year, but mom helped me through it, and therapy was not fun, but mom made it fun with trips to Cracker Barrel and Burger King and one-on-one putt-putt golf. Uh, Yeah, she made it special. My brother's a walking miracle. He's full of life. He's funny. He's a father. His lovely wife is here. Hope is here. She's in the back, right? She's amazing. He has a beautiful family, and uh, he has not only one, but two bachelor degrees. Uh, and I've got, to, I've got to wrap it up, but, uh, you know, I'll skip to the end. Uh, for years, that, I don't know who that guy in the gray is, but uh, for years, my mother has chosen to get up early in the morning, study the Word, study a devotional, pray, read the scriptures, out on the front porch when possible, enjoying God's handy handiwork. 
And uh, she's been a loving and consistent follower of Jesus. And, and I've said it before that I wouldn't be the person I am today without parents who taught me to love God and love others. And recently, mom asked us to forgive her for the times when she failed us in some way. And Sarah's unbridled response put it best. She said, mom, you must have done something right. And today, I'm a flawed sinner saved by the grace of the Almighty through His Son, Jesus Christ. And I would not be here without this incredible woman that I get to call mother and coach. Thank you. I know how to get visitors to church on Mother's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with those who are going to serve the table, come down. Uh, I'll tell you just a very quick thing about my mom. Um, she was 16 when she got married. Uh, and she married the youngest son of a uh, sharecropper's widow in 1936 in the middle of the Depression. Uh, went 14 years before... They were able to have a child and went through a lot of uh, miscarriages during that time. Uh, had the tenacity and the, and the grace to, uh, to not give up. And she graduated from college uh, in her late 30s and got her master's degree in her late 50s. Uh, really special woman. As I get older, I... I don't, as I get older, I I first thought, you know, the older I get, the more I can understand, you know, what my parents went through, what my mom went through. But I can't ever understand what a 16-year-old getting married in the middle of the Depression to somebody who didn't have anything and and having all of those miscarriages. I, I, I can't understand that. But as I get older, I can understand how much I don't understand about what she sacrificed and struggled and went through and how she prayed and supported me even when I disappointed her. And boy, if I can't understand that, I sure can't understand a God who gives His Son for us in spite of us disappointing Him, in spite of us turning our backs on Him, in spite of us doing what we do us he loves us he's given us everything everything and so uh, I just want to encourage you today you know honor your mother there's a blessing to that that may mean taking her to lunch that may mean visiting her grave it may mean calling her honor her there's a blessing there Uh, but remember that that grace didn't start with her that grace started someplace higher and it flowed through her and it can flow through you